Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
judgment comes upon the law. The time to waste run to the cross. Drunk old lies of his age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for their lust. Blindly passion, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his mark. Father, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you. We pray that the Holy Spirit will infill us. We pray, Father God, that you will anoint us and strengthen us for the days that we have ahead of us. As we look around us, Father God, we see things that, uh, you know, uh, seem to be coming to pass uh, with, uh, with very little evidence other than, you know, kind of like a military rumor mill associated with the Ukraine situation in Russia. Yet at the same time, Father, we, we pray in Jesus' name that a spirit of discernment will continue to uh, be uh, increased within us that that anointing will be increased within us, uh, that the Holy Spirit gift of discernment will be increased within us so that we are not uh, brought, you know, to to a place where we overreact to the things, the news, the the disinformation media campaigns that have been happening so, uh, so uh, I don't know, I don't want to use the term abundantly, but have been happening so in our face, really, for the last couple of years that it's uh, so many people that have been drugging and deceived by these things. And have splattered spaghetti all over the wall, have sent out endless streams of emails with uh, copies of things that are not true. And uh, yet at the same time, in the midst of it all, it's very difficult for any of us to be able to discern that which is true. We do know that there are exceedingly evil criminals that are murderers on a global level uh, that are being allowed to get away with the things as, as part of the global satanics uh, crime syndicate. And, um, and we understand these dynamics, Father God. We understand that, uh, you know, Satan has no power. Satan cannot do uh, horrible things on the earth without you lifting your hand of protection away from that part of the world, and in this case, the entire world. So to us, Father, it looks from an end-time standpoint, it does appear that there that we have uh, crossed over a line at a point of, of change, but we do not know uh, how much longer it will be before the next birth pang occurs. 
Father, we praise you for the for the uh, for the uh, blood moon patterns that we that we went across over in uh, 2015, uh, in September of 2015, and also uh, the one that ended that was incredible and mathematically impossible in January of 2019. We thank you for the heads up and the warning. We pray that uh, that we are strengthened, not just in accordance with the word, Father God, but we are strengthened beyond that which the word promises, uh, not, not only physically but also mentally. Uh, physiologically, really, because uh, the the mental stress that many of us uh, have been historically under over the last several years has taken a toll uh, on our um, uh, not only our cognitive abilities and our, our ability to keep it together, but also um, our physical strength and our ability to get back on uh, into things like working out, into things that are healthy uh, that we need to ha- have as a major part of our lives, so that we have the strength and and the spiritual uh, cleanliness and, um, uh, and, and and all of the attributes that we need to be able to walk this walk during the times when there's a lull in the apocalyptic events that are happening across the world. And we just pray that you will continue to fill us with the Holy Spirit gift of love, faith, and discernment. We pray, Father God, for an anointing upon each of us that will protect us with uh, under the shadow of your wings, that will protect us in the secret place of the Most High. We pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that that which you need us to do, that which you want us to do that which is within your will will be done and we ask you for that for whatever it is lord whatever gift whatever blessing whatever divine protection whatever change that needs to happen in our lives whatever uh whatever it is we pray father in the name of jesus that you will open only the doors that you want to have open in our lives and slam shut those which you do not that we will uh, that, that that you will hinder any op- opportunity in, in 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 our choices in life uh so that we are led uh by your will uh to uh to reside in and walk within that which you want for each of us. We know the thoughts that you think about us, not thoughts of evil, but thoughts of good to bring us to an expected end. And we pray in the name of Jesus that that is exactly where we end up. Father, in Jesus' name, we also ask you, if it is at all possible, please do not delay. We know that there will always be sinners. There will always be the poor. There will always be people in parts of the world that that will not be visited directly by missionaries. We pray that you will hear our prayers, that that you will send down angels by an innumerable innumerable numbers, as it says in uh, Hebrews 12, 22, an innumerable company of angels, down upon the earth to touch people in dreams and visions, to bring them to the knowledge of the truth, that the Lord Jesus is the King of kings, that they will surrender their hearts to him, that they will lay everything at the foot of the cross, that they will recognize that he is God and that and, and that he loves them and that that compassion will overflow within them. As it says in Job 33, 14 and 15, that they will be saved from the pit and, and sealed and their instruction will be sealed. And we pray in the name of Jesus that the hundreds of millions of people that maybe have not been visited by missionaries over the world in difficult to reach countries will be touched by the supernatural presence of angels and the days to come, Father, that you will expedite the days that we have before us and that you will move forward with the judgments that we are all looking forward not to participate in but to be protected from in the last days before the barley harvest and then the final harvest, the wheat harvest. Father, we just give you all the praise and glory, worship and honor both now and forever. Amen.
Thank you, Jesus. Boy, I had more than one uh, moment today. Oh, my gosh, what a tiring day. But I feel all right right now. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Father. Uh, but, yeah, just, uh, I, you know, just uh, so much to do, so many things to take care of around the house. I can't, you know, I hire people to come in and help me on occasion and do this and that. But it just keeps on stacking up and getting beyond. As soon as I get something, you know, a handful of things done, whether I pay somebody or do it myself, I've got within, you know, maybe 24 hours to 48 hours later, I've got a whole stack of other things that are go- that have got to be done. I mean, like, you know, I mean, anybody who's a homeowner that has a house that's over, you know, X number of years old, you know, mine's over 30, 40 years old. Um, you know, just it's the stuff continuously breaks. I open up my uh, my uh, uh, food cabinet. You know, I've got a it's a little pantry kind of thing, and I opened it up the other day, and I'm like, why is the shelf crooked? And I took a very close look. And I was like, oh well, it looks like the dowels have uh, broken loose. Now you know what? You would think that that wood would you know the wood that would be used for shelves for pantries would be strong enough to hold the stuff that you would put on them, but no, 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 that is not true. If you put enough canned goods, if you put enough you know whatever uh, on those shelves over time, you know if they're made out of crummy wood, uh, even though they may have lasted you know thirty forty. 30 years, that wood's going to start to bow. It's going to start to break and everything. So, and now I'm going to lose my Sunday, which I, you know, like to have as some time off to relax because I'm going to have to, the guy that I know that can, um, that has the carpentry skill sets to be able to rebuild those shelves, like, you know, so they'll last forever kind of thing. Uh, unfortunately, he's, you know, I, the, the people, you know, I could pay, uh, you know, full, you know, full wages of a carpenter. I could go through the, exceeding frustration associated with using like thumbtack or I won't use Angie's list, but that is a ripoff place. Like there ever was one. And, um, I got to remember to, you know, it's only like $10 a year to, to be a, to belong to it, but still, nevertheless, it's just a total waste. Um, because all they do is I'm not even going to get into it all. Like all, I'm just going to tell you, if you want to pay the highest possible price to have anything done around your house, go with Angie's list. Enjoy yourself. Okay. Um, by the way, when they only do about one quarter of what it was that you were 
hiring them to do, and they charge you like three times the amount of, of another person, then, you know, just guess what? You were warned. Um, but um, Thumbtack is pretty cool. But unfortunately, the, the thing is people don't, you know, American contractors don't want to do anything but what they want to do. If if they if that if they want to work with wood, that's all they're going to do. If they want to mow your front lawn, that's all they're going to do. You say, hey, well, we do my backyard. No, no, I only do front yards. You know, um, uh, you know, so uh, it, you know, it, they're limited. Like if you hire one that does plumbing, they only do certain kinds of plumbing. They don't do this. They don't do that. They don't. Do, they have a bigger list of things that they don't do than of what they do. And it's just – and forget about it with the handyman thing. I mean, there's these trucks that drive around all the time. I have written down – I don't even know how many numbers about, oh, look, Joe's handyman, been in business for 37 years. Well, if they've been in business for 37 years, good luck getting them to come to your house at all, let alone being able to continue to stand when they give you a quote for the crummy little job that you could knock out in 20 minutes, uh, and uh, they, and they're going to you know hit you up for $800 to do the work. And that's exactly what's going on. It's it, – you know – the American uh, contractors and, and this society is really degraded to a point, which we all know, uh, you know, we, de- this country deserves what it, what it's going to get. Well, you know, the, the financial collapse that's coming its way, it deserves what it's going to get. You know, um, uh, you know, I, I have had my roof worked on substantially um, uh, two times. I've been here for 20 years in this house. And I will tell you that now, granted, things have changed, uh, I mean, so much that I don't, I cannot say that any of the words that I'm about to say are still true. They probably are not. But at the time, uh, this was all pre-pandemic, probably pre-2015 or whatever, um, that I had had major roofing work done here, I got it done for incredibly inexpensive. I mean, it was unbelievably inexpensive. Um, as a matter of fact, um, uh, my brother-in-law, who does not have as many squ- as, as much uh, roof as I have, uh, up in Pittsburgh, Verona, Pennsylvania, paid something like, uh, as I recall, $18,000 to have his roof replaced. All right. Now, and, and I paid uh, $5,500 for mine. But it was also done by Mexicans. But let me tell you something. They did, uh, you know, they did the best work I have ever seen in my life, and they do it faster, more thorough, more perfectly than any American worker ever ever, ever will. And guess what? That's what we get. You know, we're a lazy society. We don't want to work hard. I'm, you know, I'm getting old enough right now where I'm about to drop over half dead, uh, you know, uh, just from trying to keep up with all the things around the house and all that, you know, just this, it's, 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 it's endless. Um, I got, I got, I got flagged. I got flagged. Kids, you're going to love this. Uh, you kids, come on. You're going to love this. So I get flagged from the United States Postal Service because my post off or my post, you know, the box that they put the mail in, um, you know, this neighborhood allows you to put up, you know, a, a mailbox and you have to put the post in. It's supposed to be straight and yada, yada, yada and all this stuff and follow all these rules. Well, over time, mine began to lean because uh, we get some really heavy subtropical rains down here. And if they if, if the rain, the way the drainage system works it can hit the area where your mailbox is mounted in the ground so humongously, and there's no other better way, there's no better way to say it, but so humongously 
that it just it's just a washout. It's like a it washes all of the dirt away. It washes if there's no grass growing there, which by the way, grass is exceedingly difficult to grow in Florida. Most most places have a very difficult time growing it. And if if it is growing really well, it's probably because you happen to have a corner lot, hardly any trees, and you get some pretty direct sunlight. Most people don't. Uh, but yeah, you know, so of course you don't have the grass coverage, so it's not going to hold the dirt in place. And what's going to happen? All the dirt is going to be sucked away down into the drain. Uh, and then guess what? Your mailbox is going to start to lean over because the concrete wall doesn't have anything to sit in. All the, all the dirt has you know, been sucked away. Uh, and that started to happen to me. And um, uh, I'm just waiting for them to give me another notice because when I went and took a look at what I had to do in order to, to fix the mailbox, the, the amount of work was colossal. It would have been um, no less than probably my best guess is about $300 worth of raw materials at least eight hours, probably more than that, to do the work, um, you know, because you have to cut and fabricate, you know, the lower half and, you know, the braced part and everything. All that has to be custom cut and screwed together and all that. And then <clears> – <throat> And then I've got to get rid of the old, you know, lift out the old concrete, which really isn't going to be that hard. But then I've, there, I don't have any place to dig. And then, of course, here on this sandbar in lovely Tampa, Florida, here at the Golden JIB Studios, every place you dig is full of vines, is full of roots from trees. The only thing that holds Florida in place, really, is roots. It's roots and vines that are underneath the sand that, 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 that the grass, or if it's growing at all, is – on top of, okay, and and trust me, believe me, one thing that you can take to the bank is if you you know I've been here a very long time, and and anybody who's ever lived in Florida, and you know you understand exactly what I'm talking about. You go out there to dig even the smallest little hole, just a little for whatever reason, it's. It can be a four-hour – I mean, you better bring a big axe, some specialized equipment to dig, you know, a, you know, maybe a one-foot deep by six-inch across hole. It is unbelievable. So anyway, I, I, I looked – I sized the whole thing up. You know, I got my little notice. They're, they're like – you know, of course, it's that pre-notice, you know. Hey, we're really nice. We're, we're your friends, and we're just letting you know that your mailbox is leaning. Then the next notice you get is where they start getting really mean. Okay, and I just I was like I didn't even want to go there because then they're going to set a deadline, then they're going to say I broke code enforcement, then it's and then it's a fine and blah 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 blah. Been there, done that, three ways to Sunday. So I looked at the situation, and I was like, this is a mess because if I go on Thumbtack and try to hire some kind of a handyman to come out here, I'll be lucky first and foremost if he's even willing to do the work at all. Which then of course is a total waste of time, and I blew away several hours even waiting for him on a Saturday uh, just to get the bad news that they're not going to do it or what you know whatever. Um, so I looked at it and I thought, you know, I should just get one of those ratchet straps and because there's a, like a palm behind it, you know, about three feet behind the uh, mailbox support, you know, the, the four by four. And I said, I should get a ratchet strap, you know, and um, just go ahead and you know, ratchet strap it back around the palm tree. And it worked like a champ. Instead of losing like 10 hours of hard work, 300 and raw materials and all this other nonsense, trying to get my, uh, my, my mailbox to stand straight with nothing to mount it in, okay, um, uh, it's like uh, it, now it's standing up perfectly straight. But I am highly suspicious that the post office people are going to come by and go, oh, oh, it's against Hillsborough County Code Enforcement to use a ratchet strap to hold up, your, you know, because that is just how absolutely ridiculous uh, stuff can be. And I think any of us who are homeowners completely understand that dynamic. It's enough to make you want to pull your hair out. And I won't do that because I don't have very much left to pull. Right, kids? 
I know, I know. That's all right. You know, I, I you know, it, it doesn't do me any good, you know, I, I, <laughs> to use moose in my hair because, you know, it's like, my, it's funny because my sister used to, she owned her own uh, uh, hairstyling place. It really was quite lucrative. And um, she, uh, she, she says, well, John, you just have to think of your hair as uh, kind of like a forest and you just want the forest to fill in and all the trees. And I'm like, I'm like, Marilyn, uh, you know, unfortunately this forest has seen better days and there are just not enough trees to make it worth your while uh, at this point point so praise god whatever uh you know i just want to get out of here okay i don't know about you but this has been a long haul anybody who you know hey look for you for you for you for you people out there god bless your hearts that have been you know like like sister nancy will tell me oh, i've been waiting for jesus ever you know uh, you know absolutely pumped and beyond i mean freaking out waiting for jesus since i was 20 years old and i'm like what like what? I mean, what were you doing when Hal Lindsey wrote Blake Great Planet Earth? What were, you, were you like, you know, putting your your family home up for sale and like wandering the streets with binoculars looking up in the sky? I mean, for crying out loud, that long? And um, you know, and uh, but but you know, those of us who did, I think, appropriately awaken around 2011, did so for really good reasons. We did so because the dynamics of what was happening across the world merited it, okay? It was well thought out. You know, it's one thing to be wanting to meet Jesus because you love him. That's cool. We all should feel like that because he's your first love, all that, or or because you're keeping your mind stayed on things above and not on things of this world, uh, Colossians 3, 2, praise God. That's all great reasons. Or you want to live in heaven because you heard tons of testimonies and read tons of books about what it's like. That's a cool reason, too. Uh, you want to meet your heavenly father up in you know the, the, the new Jerusalem on Mount Zion. Praise God. Great reasons. All of them great reasons. But it's completely different. When you have empirical evidence, when things are happening across the world, when you have headlines in your hand that are, that are indisputably end times headlines, and that's what has been happening since the middle of 2011, actually even a little bit before that. It started back really pretty much around uh, 2009, which was when I stood up the website originally, um, and, and then I, I had written over 420 articles about end times events that were happening across the world and prophecies that supported them and scriptures that aligned to the prophecies, so, uh, you know, but then, you know, we went live on the radio, and I, I thought I had maybe three months, you know, by Around about August of 2011, by that time, I figured we had maybe three months before we would be gone, you know, rapture-wise. Now I know, like, what, by some order of magnitude, you know, a humongous amount more, scripturally speaking, than I did back then. Back then, I was just kind of, I don't know, I thought I knew a lot, but what happens is when you truly humble yourself before the Lord and you cry out to him, and I, I mean with tears, I mean, I, I, I'm talking about really cry out to him, sad, bawling, boo-hoo-hoo kind of thing, you know, heaving chest, that deal, uh, that's what I did, you know, I told him, I said, look, I don't want the responsibility of doing a radio show, I, I, it's too big of a responsibility, it's too big, you know, a lot of people just go out there and they just grab a microphone and start flapping their lips, 
you know, and they think they're serving the Lord, but they don't know their Bible and they don't realize the risk that they're putting their fellow brothers and sisters in. Realize that they'll be held accountable for tripping up their fellow brothers and sisters because they don't understand that which which what they're saying. They don't realize that their behaviors that are occurring publicly are awful and that they will be held accountable for those things unless they appropriately realize in time that they were not allowed to do those things and they cry out to God in godly fear and sorrow and God blots out all of their iniquity and transit. But most of these people, they don't know any better. And they just go out and keep on doing the wrong things over and over again. I praise God if, I, if there's anything that I can praise, praise God for. And there, I got bazillions of things. But the one thing that I praise him for more than anything is helping me to see not only the mysteries that are in the Bible, but to see the really important, I don't want to call it trivia, but the minute details that are woven into the scripture that reveal things that we need to know very, very well before. Or we take up a microphone or do anything public. And unfortunately, a lot of very few people do. They don't understand. And so that puts them in, at risk. It puts their listenership at risk. It puts all the people on their mail list at risk because, you know, unfortunately, a lot of them, they're trying. And I, you know what? I don't think Jesus, I praise God. I hope the Lord, you know, but I, you know, if it doesn't end up sending somebody to hell, like the gun issue, uh, that will, that'll end up sending a lot of people to hell. And and the people that are out there preaching the Second Amendment stuff as a Christian are going to be very, very sorry. If they make it to heaven at all, the people that they sent to hell, they'll be held accountable for. Um, and, uh, and that's a sorry. That's a very ultra – I mean you can't express how sad that, that situation is. Uh, it is so utterly sad. I Anyway, so so praise God that, you know, for whatever it's worth, that we've been able to hold it together for the last, you know, what now I guess we're approaching. Well, as of July of this year, that would make it officially the 11-year mark for the radio show, give or take. And then uh, we'll be working on the 12th year. Uh, but anyway, today I was just, you know, running around, uh, you know, whenever I had a, a – I didn't really have any spare moments. I'm the type of person that skips lunch virtually every single day, uh, and, and I just work. I just try to get stuff done. And the reason why I work so hard and try to get as much done as I can is I want to buy myself some time. If I can get ahead of the eight ball, if I know I have to create this document, this document, this spreadsheet, this document. If I got to do all that stuff by Friday, the faster I work and the more accurately I work and the less distracted I am, the more chance I have to be able to relax and coast a little bit. I need that coast time. I'm too old to be, you know, uh, breaking, you know, uh, making uh, little rocks, you know, pebbles out of big rocks, you know, <laughs> praise God. So, but yeah, today was just crazy, uh, man. I, I ran around. I had, I did get some things done a little bit early today. I was ahead of schedule. I said, thank you, Jesus. And uh, I didn't take lunch. So I, you know, essentially took my lunch at the last hour of the day and I ran around. And was, uh, you know, taking trash out and, and, you know, actually bringing cans in, putting trash out, do, you know, do, do, you know, emptying boxes because I don't like the shop. So I order everything online and everything like that, which is, you know, just adds more work, you know, but at least I don't have to spend a whole day at, you know, Walmart walking around, you know, with some places with a mask on. I don't think you have masks here, but, you know, maybe depends on the store probably. But anyway just a ton of stuff that needed to be done. And I was exhausted. Uh, and uh, the last little thing I had to do, um, I, I won't get into the details of it, but a, but a particularly important piece of my bedding uh, needed to be replaced. So I was in the bedroom uh, replacing that bedding 
piece. Um, and, uh, you know, you know how like when you're trying to get like a comforter or whatever to, you know, lay flat on your bed properly or whatever, you know how you'll shake it, you know, you'll try to, you know, get the air to go underneath it. You'll shake it like a rug, you know, to try to get it to like lay flat and, and to go up as far up as it can and to lay flat on your bed, right? Well, I'm like trying to, you know, I'm taking this, <laughs> I'm taking this one blanket and I'm like trying to shake it. So I lift it up and I shake it as hard as I can because I want to get the air underneath it. And all of a sudden it, it, it hit the ceiling fan blade and busted the ceiling fan, which by the way, I just replaced less than a year ago. And it took me an entire day. It was like 10 hours of hard, sweaty work to get that doggone ceiling fan put up there. And I'm like going, no, 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 no. This can't be happening to me. And then I and then I found this kit on Amazon. It says it's for 52 inch fans with five blades. It's a replacement kit for the little metal arms that break so easily. All you got to do is sneeze on them, they'll break. Um, and uh, but it's a kit for replacing those. And the actual arms that you use to mount the blades. That's what it, what broke is that one of the necks on the arms. Uh, and and I I it, I looked at it and it looked identical to my fan, which, by the way, is no longer available, or else I would have just bought the whole doggone fan and cannibalized it for parts, stuck it in the garage, and every time something breaks, I just go out and grab another part out of the box. Uh, that just makes sense to me, because, you know, I hate putting up ceiling fans. And trying to find a handyman to go do a ceiling fan for you is like, down here in Florida, you might as well, hey, it's easier to rip your spleen out with a shrimp fork. Right, kids? <laughs> so... I know. So I was like, uh, then it was like, you know, I had an hour before the show was going to start or, uh, well, actually an hour before I had to do the show notes, blah, 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 blah. So I took a quick little power nap, you know, which is all about 20 minutes of doing a whole lot of nothing, but not, you know, everything but falling asleep, of course. And then um, uh, anyway, long story short, I made it back into the, pro, you know, and got everything together for the program. But man, I was exhausted. Uh, but I, anyway, thank you, Jesus. I made it. And, um, you know, even with my broken ceiling fan. And of course, down here in Florida, when you're dependent on a fan, uh, you have backup fans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In Florida, you if you're smart, you got backup fans, okay? So I, I, I torched up the backup fan, and I got that running for tonight until my replacement, uh, hopefully they fit and they line up the holes properly. Uh, if they don't, then I'm, you know, whatever. I guess I'll have to replace the whole fan, and there goes, there goes another day. Um, but anyway, yeah, and I've got Sunday, I've got Mike coming over, you know, unfortunately, see, these guys are very skilled, but they lost their jobs because of the, you know, financial situation that the United States is in. And, uh, you know, the, you know, the whole housing market, new housing market is, as some people know, uh, is in, in dire straits. Um, they're not building entire new housing developments very much like they used to anymore. They might, Again, I don't know, but at this time they're not. Uh, housing, new new house building materials are through the roof. Uh, many times the magnitude more expensive than they have been historically. So, of course, that makes new house building very, very financially unattractive. Now, of course, the side effect of that is that it makes used houses uh, prices go uh, sky high. Now, if I could get what Zillow says my house is worth, I could retire right now. But I know that's a bunch of balderdash and poppycock. So, uh, anyway... Um, so, you know, but thank you, Jesus. You know, we're all just kind of hanging around, you know. Um, I know there's still a lot of rumble, uh, no pun intended. Uh, as we know, that's an alternative, uh, uh, non-censored uh, video 
YouTube knockoff type of a site, which we're, we're also putting now radio shows up there because YouTube is actually using an electronic audio scanner and they're listening for keywords in your audio stream. So they can, they can run through a computer before they publish it up on YouTube and they can hear you saying words like ivermectin and words like, you know, and I don't know if you've seen this or not, but they just, uh, the, the entity, the, the sick, twisted, pants-pooping, uh, geriatric, demon-possessed uh, reptilian entity that calls itself Biden has signed yet another piece of paper that his evil, global, satanic, satanic um, uh, crime syndicate people and handlers have, con- you know, han- gave him and said, here, sign here. And he said, you know, I'm sure he babbled and drooled over himself and, and, and signed it. But basically it's a uh, essentially an executive order that says, and I, I am summarizing. I mean, I could read it to you if you wanted me to, but there's really no point in it. I'll just tell you what it says. It says that if you publish anything on the internetosphere that we don't agree with, now, of course, they make up language like uh, that could cause harm to other humans and that could uh, cause people to do things that they would not normally do or that could affect their health or could affect them, you know, in a negative sort of a way. But, of course, they're the ones that are peddling deadly, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, bioweapons and slaughtering hundreds of millions of people either through, uh, you know, sicknesses and nev- don't even get me going on the amount of people that will probably die over the next year or next couple of years. So, I mean, but they're the ones who are slaughtering people. It's, it's almost like going to Auschwitz, okay, and walking up to the front door of Auschwitz as if that were possible, knocking on the door and going, hey, excuse me, um, but, um, you know, do you guys uh, sell any Herbal supplements here. Do you have a recommendation for somebody who's running high blood pressure? <laughs> Can you imagine that? I mean, getting a rifle butt over your head and being drugged into Auschwitz because you were asking for a little bit. Of, I mean, that's exactly what, you know, I mean, it's, that is an extreme analogy, but nevertheless, it's not too far off. Of course, we are dealing with a situation on a global level right now where censorship and, and you know, uh, normal people that have half a brain. Normal people that have, well, maybe an eighth of a brain, really, it doesn't take a lot of gray matter to be able to see what the truth is. You know, it, 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 you, you, but the problem is society, the world, everything is so out of control right now. And, um, and then you've got the, the massive, uh, I would call it clinical denial problem. Clinical denial is when people are so horrified that you might be right, that the conspiracy theorists might be right there. And, and, and when I use the word horrified, I'm not using that word to be dramatic. Okay. When I use the word horrified, I'm being very, very honest, and it's an understatement at, 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 at you know, at best. Okay, it truly is. These people that are that will not take a second look at the information that is liberally available out there from highly credible sources, they're horrified. They are truly scared to death. It's just like with 9-11, the 9-11 deniers, same deal. They cannot accept that what happened in 9-11 happened. They cannot accept those things because to them, it means little Johnny's, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, the, the, the 10 years or the eight years they've been saving up for little Johnny to go to college is meaningless. To them, it, it completely turns their world upside down. It, 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 com- it destroys everything. It ruins their lives. 
It's too horrible for them to even consider. So it's far safer for them to simply wave their hands and call you names. And what happens is, you know, it's like a man convinced against as well as of the same opinion. So it's worse than that. It's worse than that. It is psychotic. It is a, it's a psychotic, clinically dangerous level of denial that and, – and I say it that way because it is to the point where they're so deeply rooted in denial that they actually bring themselves to believe their own lies. Okay, and that is, I believe, what is going to lead to the Christian persecution that Jesus warned us about in the Olivet Discourse, you know, where mother will go against mother and, you know, daughter will go against father and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that you'll be brought up in front of magistrates and all this kind of thing, because because I've seen it. I mean, I've now I've gotten many emails, many, me, you know, messenger messages, et cetera, from people that are experiencing that from their children. And they are tr- deeply troubled. I mean, if, if it's a mom, she's really troubled. Mom's 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 got DNA that thank God dads don't have or else the whole world would be upside down right now because moms moms do not think with a level head when they're thinking about their kids. They don't think with a level head. They don't. Um, they panic. <laughs> That's just the way they are, and um, uh, you know, and they freak out, and they see, you know, how things are going between them and their, you know, kids and stuff, and they start to freak out. They really start to freak out. They panic, and um, you know, uh, but anyway, uh, the, yeah, I, I've seen even with my own daughter, like when I told her uh, that I was going to take, you know, a small regimen of ivermectin be, just to be safe, you know, when I had a cold, and it was just a cold. Um, but um, she, I mean, I could hear the tone in her voice. The tone in her voice was such that it was like, you know, first she went on this rampage of about, I don't know how many, well, that stuff is extremely dangerous. I've seen the articles out there. That's this and it's that. And she's, it, but it's the tone. The tone of her voice was, do I need to call the authorities to save my dad from himself? That was the tone. Now, fortunately, a week earlier, the state of New Hampshire had released a public statement that they were going to make it legal, a law in the entire state, for ivermectin to be used for COVID treatments, period, as a primary prophylaxis and cure for those who came up with any, you know, permutation of it, uh, blah, blah, this, that, and the other thing. So I took the article and I sent it over. When she saw that the entire state of New Hampshire was getting ready to make it legal, she's intelligent, but she's also in clinical denial. Okay, so as long as I was able to keep, you know, I just kept it cool and I said, you know, oh, no, 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 that kind of thing. And I sent her over the article about New Hampshire and then she was all right. Okay, so she's she is reasonable, reasonable to a point. But when I saw that, when I heard that tone in her voice, I was like, this is it. This is what Jesus was talking about. The, the things that they are purveying, the narratives that are coming out of the global satanic uh, crime syndicate's mouth, that, can you believe, really, when you think about it, with 
probably something to the tune of about 20 countries reversing all their COVID lockdown stuff and their mask restrictions and everything. I don't re- I don't know if it's 20 countries or 12 countries and 20 states. I might have the numbers mixed up, but right now there is a surge, a global surge to reverse everything and anything that has to do with COVID and return everything back to normal. I have the headlines. I might, might even read a few of them tonight. I think I will. But the point is what's really horrifically alarming is a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. That's the problem. Those that are clinically in denial don't care if the entire world and Fauci and all of his evil, satanic, demonic, baby-killing, blood-drinking friends come out and say that it's over. They don't care. They're going to keep on wearing their masks inside their cars. This is a clinically – I'm talking about they could literally be locked up in psychiatric institutes. That's how messed up in the head these people are. They are so afraid of dying, so afraid of getting sick, so afraid of something getting to them that they don't care what what the whole world is doing. They don't care how many countries have reversed all of their lockdowns. They don't care. They want everyone to wear masks. And when you apply that principle to the entire global population, Population, which, by the way, it is worldwide. That psychosis is worldwide. When you realize that, you realize that the average intellectual capacity of, of a human being on the earth is not the, the, the not it's they 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 can't think their way out of a wet paper bag. We're talking about folks that on their best days have the IQ of a thumbtack, and they're everywhere. There's billions of them. And what we're doing, so even though, you know, the things that we're seeing happening and, and the reductions and the face mask restrictions being dropped and all this kind of, they're not going to do it. They're still going to do it. And what's going to end up happening is this stuff's going to – the airlines are going to probably keep on doing it for like forever, which, of course, really not, makes me super-duper I, – I can't express myself. Let's put it this way. I have a tin sign, and I, it's just tongue-in-cheek. I don't I, – I, you know, I, of course, I'm not sitting there you know, uh, you know, swearing and dropping F-bombs all day long or any of that kind of stuff. If I do accidentally drop, let, let something drop because I smashed my foot with a cinder block, well, I'm, I repent right away and I confess to the Lord. And I am genuinely sorry if it ever happens. But I have a tin sign just for – because it's funny, and it says, swearing for those times when dagnabbit and doggone it are just not strong enough. You know, it's just meant to make you smile, meant to make you laugh. But the thing is, folks, we are we're in. Take the dynamics that I'm talking about right now. Take the the thumbtack problem. Take the the classic horrified denial problem. Take that. Imagine spreading that that panic, that chaos, that horror, that denial, that that ignorance and spreading it out across the world in multiple iterations and see what happens. Oh, those Christians cause this. Oh, those Christians cause that. I'm telling you folks, 
I'm telling you, this is the ramp up to the massive Christian persecution that Jesus warned us about in the Olivet Discourse. Now, I will say this. I am absolutely, supremely astonished that things seem or appear to be slowing down right now. And I think I said that on the last show. And I'll probably say it and, you know, and babble and strange, you know, and whatever, because it, it, it's mind blowing. I mean, I have folks that are very, you know, incre- incredibly helpful helping me with the apocalyptic headlines for the radio show. And I'm going through 100 plus emails looking for apocalyptic headlines and I'm not finding any, you know, to, you know, now granted, if they live in Canada, they're going to think everything that has to do with the truck apocalypse is, is, you know, end of the world, end of the world, end of the world. But I'm like, man, there's 243 countries and you're just one. I mean, I don't mean to downplay your concerns about Trudeau and how evil he is, but I'm just saying, if we keep our, you know, if we do a little bit of math, you know, so really what we have are three countries out of, uh, you know, if we don't include the island nation countries that are usually provinces of other countries, then we have 195, 195, uh, you know, full-blown countries, major countries. All right, so let's go ahead and do the math. Let's see if I can um, fiddle, faddle. Where's that little thing? There it is. All right. Now, where's the – okay, there we go. All right. So we got uh, got three countries that are absolutely insane. Their leaders are in bed with Klaus Schwab, and I hate to think about that because it could be literal if you know what I mean. Okay, so we take three. We divide it by 195 other countries. We multiply it times 100, and we come up with 1.5% of the countries in the world are currently in some sort of state of unbelievable COVID insanity. Now, it's my opinion that they are using these Klaus Schwab-controlled countries, Australia, Austria, and Canada at this point, to test the um what would you call it their test beds okay they want to see how far they can pr- push the population before they flip out and storm the capitol building now now i'm not talking about forget about january 6th that is just the biggest false flag bunch of Bunk that I have ever seen any. Oh my gosh, it's just nauseating. There isn't enough Phillips milk of magnesia in the entire world to keep me from doing this whenever I hear January 6th. Up. Yeah. Or hear this. I hear this in my head. Hey, human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. <laughs> Unbelievable. And the people that are guzzling it down like Belize Kool-Aid. May I have another one, please? Do you have cherry? Because the grape was good, but I'd really like to have some more cherry Belize Kool-Aid, please. Do you know what the word stupefied means? It means that you're so blown away you can't even form sentences. You stutter. You stutter. If anyone that's listening to this program on a regular basis doesn't stutter in stupefication on a regular basis, 
I have I haven't even been able to give my daughter her Christmas presents because she caught something or another and didn't want to come around and blah 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 and this that and the other thing and yada yada yada. But I got her coffee cups, you know. I, I got her and her husband, his and her coffee cups that both say the same thing. And it says on it, I cannot be held responsible for the expression on my face after what you, you know, after what you say or whatever, something along that line. I can't be held responsible for the expression on my face. And you know what? That's how I feel. <laughs> but what are you going to do, right? What are any of us going to do? So, you know, I guess we're just going to we're just in what I would call a hurry up and wait state for those unfortunate people in Canada, Austria and Australia uh, with maybe a little bit of New Zealand tossed in, um, you know, then I I'm sorry for you. And I, I say that from the bottom of my heart. I really am. I am. I feel terrible. I feel, I am. I think it's a victory. I think it's a wonderful thing that so many laws are being reversed. Uh, it's amazing. They're, they're actually working right now on reversing all of the laws that, uh, that are forcing the healthcare workers to take the job. So it looks like there's, it's in the works for every 100% of everything to be reversed. Now, of course, it's, it's after half a million people's lives are destroyed or killed, okay? And, of course, none of the global satanic uh, crime syndicate will ever see a day in jail. I'll be surprised if they even lose their jobs. And they should be hung by gallows. They, it should be a Nuremberg trial. It should be worse than that. But anyway, but we know how it goes, don't we? Okay. Anyway, uh, you know, because, you know, Glenn Beck told us, right? Nothing happens. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a damn thing anymore. Then he's right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anyway, on that note, as we keep our eyes and ears peeled and, and listening carefully, you know, uh, with a cup to the door of the new world order or whatever, um, you know, sometimes just to cheer myself up. In the middle of the day, if I take like, you know, 15, 20 minutes off and drink a cup of coffee or whatever, sometimes I just stop. I put up uh, Infowars.com and I just put on, I just let Alex Jones go nuts on me. (laughs) You know, and of course, you know, you have to listen to him, you know, he's, but anyway, but, but, you know, it, it, and you're like, what do you mean? Well, how does that cheer you up? Well, it's like when we're in a lull, that drives me crazy. Okay. I didn't call this tribulation now because. I was joking. Okay, you know what I'm saying? So when things start to subside, it drives me nuts. I need apocalyptic events to keep me functioning. Otherwise, I get depressed. I get really depressed. And and because I'm the opposite of the seven mountains nonsense people, the seven mountains mandate. I'm the opposite of that. I know that we're going to have to go through these, you know, 15. I'm just pulling a wild number out of the air. I know that we're going to have to go through these 15 major godly judgment prophetic events in the Holy Bible before we leave this alien demon infested rock. And it irritates me, uh, you know, to to realize that things are, you know, slowing down at all. Now, granted, thank you, Hal Turner, who has never been right in his entire life and claims to be (coughs) XCIA or something. And people just gobble that stuff up. And I'm like, why are you listening to Superstation 95? Why are you listening to Hal Turner? And the only thing that I can figure... 
is they're just as desperate as I am for some apocalyptic news. Because Al Turner's out there telling everybody that there's a, that there's this outbreak of uh, uh, of uh, smallpox, and oh no, it's the end of the world. But Hal Turner has hasn't ever been right about anything. <laughs> what twelve years straight? Not one thing. <clears throat> oh, anyway, I had to get that off my chest. So if he's announcing it on his website, I already know it's not true. If he's predicting it on his website, I already know it's not going to happen. And I'm getting emails from people because they must be desperate for apocalyptic news. I went, I, I, could, I, can't, I don't want to name names of any Christians or anything. You know, could be impeaching, and I don't want to do that. That would be ungodly. So I won't. But I have a list of apocalyptic sites out there that are probably having a hard time paying their bills because they depend on apocalyptic news to keep their electricity paid, to pay their mortgage. And I went and probed a couple of them, looking for some good stuff to share tonight. And I came up empty-handed. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so um, that, for, for, you know, for people that have been, you know, like been with this program since the middle of uh, January 11th, uh, I, I'm sorry, J- I, I'm 2011, J- or, or July of 2011. It's kind of like this. Are we there yet? No. 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 That's exactly how I feel, too. The way Homer was screaming at the end, no! <laughs> anyway, okay, kids, you you know, we're going to go ahead and let Lauren, you know, Lauren gets warmed up at about the 30-minute mark, <laughs> okay? So, um, you know, I always, you know, I'm, so we're definitely going to be expecting him or, you know, hoping that he feels, you know, led to uh, take it all the way to the, what is it, 930 mark, praise God. Um, uh, but I do want to do, uh, I am going to bleed over probably 10 minutes because I do want to do the very few headlines that we do have. Now then. But before I do those headlines, I think this is very reasonable to review because, especially because of this lull that we're in right now, like it or lump it, we are in a lull, and there's multiple multiple forms of denial. One form of denial is to deny that we're in the end times at all. Another form of denial to deny that, it, that, 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 you know, the CNN, you know, satanic global control grid uh, group are, you know, saying any, anything that's truthful, you know, that we know those, those are all lies. But another form of denial is to deny that we're in a law. See, there are people out there that I know, God bless their sweethearts, that want to get off this alien demon infested rock so bad that they will latch on to anything, including Al Turner. <laughs> <laughs> but for, but anything to substantiate in their heart that we're leaving soon. I hate that word soon. Don't you hate that word soon? I mean, I I, I work in a business where that word you you actually get in trouble when you're in corporate governance if you use the word soon. You cannot use that word as illegal. 
Okay, you have to be you 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 can't even say quarterly because that doesn't specify the periodicity. Okay, you can't do that. You got to say the first day of each quarter or the third week of each whatever. You, you know what I mean? And, and you got to be very specific. Ah, whatever. But anyway, I want to share with you real quick the seals. Again, I call them seals events time, or timeline or end times. These are things that we're watching out for. Just to refresh your memory. I know. Don't be exacerbated. Don't start to cry. I, I hate. Look, I, I get depressed. I do. I don't know why I wasn't depressed today. What you know? What to hear something that's really ironic? Yesterday, I got up at 4:15 a.m. I went downstairs and had a great workout on my elliptical trainer and my bow flex, and it was just awesome. And um, you would think that the endorphins would would have made me have a relatively good day, right? Wrong. I don't know why. But the endorphins didn't do diddly. In fact, I was sitting at my desk doing my day job with tears welling up in my eyes. I was depressed. Um, Just bummed. You know, because for those of us who are in a life situation that is very similar to living a jail sentence, it's a jail sentence, like me, raising my hand, um, you know, I'm just in a, you know, comfortable jail cell. So my, my jail cell is comfortable. My mailbox is being held up by a ratchet strap, okay, but it's it's a comfortable jail cell. But nevertheless, it's a jail cell, for sure. And, um, and you know, it, it, and I'm, I'm not bellyaching. I know I could be in, you know, some kind of an Iranian prison getting beaten half to death every night and having fingernails yanked out and all that kind of stuff. Praise Jesus, I'm not. The only good thing about that is if somebody if somebody came up to me and said, look, if we could smash your fingers and rip out a toenail every day until you die, the question is, would I, would I be willing to take them up on it? Or would I rather be here in the comfort of my... Uh, minimum security prison watching, you know, uh, binge, binge watching, you know, like sweet magnolias or whatever. And the thing is, I can't even watch a you know, a, a TV series as clean as sweet magnolias without like seeing sinful scenes in it and going, oh, they shouldn't be doing that. Oh, they shouldn't be doing that. Oh, they shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't be doing that. It drives me crazy. <laughs> But at least they're not dropping F-bombs every other word. But anyway, Pacific Northwest Tsunami Megaquake. That may be the next big event, but how long do we got to wait for it? Don't know. And like I said, we did have a a lady, very sweet, that the Lord told her that that was going to be the next major judgment event. So let's see if it is. And I know there's going to be people, oh, you should see all the earthquakes and rumbling that's taking place in the Cascadia. And I'm like, you know what? If it ain't a six or higher, don't ring my phone. (laughs) Okay? I've watched – I used to do earthquake reports. I've studied them. Anything that's below a four isn't worth even mumbling under your breath. Okay? Just forget it. Now, anyway, so – now, if it's a cluster of fours or higher, that could be very interesting. But if it's a cluster of fours and below – Go back to sleep. Anyway, um, Pacific Northwest Tsunami Megaquake is at the top of the list. A major California earthquake, possibly an additional one. That one's hard to know for sure if it's one and the same or two separate events. A cosmic object, probably an asteroid, hitting the sun 
and causing a major solar storm and power grid outages. By the way, speaking of power grid outages, I do want to emphasize with great emphasis. I want to emphasize with great emphasis. Let's see. How do I do that? Oh, I know a way. Here we go. Klaus Schwab, now everybody attributes this to Fauci and Gates because they were a part of the whole ID2020 and they've been practicing, they've been doing their mock-up pandemic uh, uh, drills, so-called tabletop exercises now, uh, that were exactly a, they were a mirror image of what actually took place. And so we know, you know, we're not, you know, thumbtacks, right? We know that, you know, they were simply going through the exercises because they already knew that they were going to do it. But what a lot of people might not know is Klaus Schwab, who I would equate him with a 2022 version of essentially Mein Fuhrer, okay? That guy is like King Nazi, Okay, I'm, and I don't care. You know, if 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 things get so bad from a um, censorship standpoint that I can't say what I got to say on this show, then the show's over. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to pussyfoot around and try to look, think of alternative words so I can keep on. I might, you know, maybe do the prayer vigil or whatever for a while until we leave. But you know, I've, I I got to be able to talk. Okay, <clears throat> so anyway, but he is King Nazi. You know, I don't I don't even suggest that he's part of Operation Paperclip. I think he is. He was probably a leading. I don't know. But he's on this world today. Klaus Schwab, make no mistake. He is the equivalent of 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 uh, of Hitler. OK, Adolf Hitler to a T. And he doesn't make no bones about it. He publicizes publicly exactly how he feels. And he's up to, so anyway, I, I read the thing to you on the other show. Now, this is what's important to take note of. Klaus Schwab, before you know, before uh, Bill Gates and and others, others of these these you know global satanic you know crime syndicate family members, Schwab was the main one before Gates, before Fauci. He came out and announced the pandemic was going to take place before the rest of them did, almost like he's the leader of the pack. And I think he is. Well, be advised. Klaus Schwab has now announced that there is going to be a major power grid outage that is going to cause chaos, mayhem, and potentially lead to um, martial law and additional controls against the population of the world. So I assume since Klaus is a globalist and a globalist Nazi, then it stands to reason this will be a global power grid event. All right? Okay, I wanted you to know that. Now I am, you know, mentioning this cosmic object, you know, causing major solar storm and power grids going out and everything, because that could happen later. But um, think about it. Just with cyber coordinated cyber attacks coming from 
the Global Satanic um, Crime Syndicate from various locations, they could take out the power grids of, wow, hundreds of countries all at the same time. And then blame it on some hacker group named, you know, QAnon, <laughs> whatever. You know, and then, of course, you know, affiliate Trump with it and whatever. That's what they do. So anyway, um, uh, so be advised. If Klaus Schwab is grinning from ear to ear, you know, to saying that, stand by. That may be the next big event. <clears throat> and, oh, it'll be riots, chaos, mayhem, rape, murder, torture, houses burning down. You think Black Lives Matter was a bad – oh, forget it. That was only, what, half a dozen cities in the country? Do you know how many cities are in the United States of America, Babylon the Great? Do you? Let's, why don't we, you know, think about the half a dozen cities that BLM affected with their fires, Kenosha, you know, Portland and all that. Here, I want to tell you how many – see, very few people do this. How many um, – I will even say major cities are in the United States. And let me see here. Okay. How many major cities are in the United States? All right. See, the problem is they break it down by population and then it creates tiers and it gets, you know, so let's see here. List of United States cities by population. Um, cities ranked by population as of 2020. I am seeing so the ones that made the cut for this particular article, by virtue of their population being greater than uh, 97, it looks like around 97 to 100 thousand per you know per the city. There are 326 of them. Okay, so now we break out our magic Johnny Baptist Tribulation Now calculator, which no one else uses, and we'll do the math. Let's assume six major cities six, – six cities were affected. I think that's being quite, quite um, liberal and overly – I think that's more than the actual real numbers were. But let's go ahead and give them six cities. Okay, six divided by 326 equals .018 times 100, 1.8%. 1.8% of the cities in the United States were affected by Black Lives Matter and Antifa and all that other stuff with fires and police cars and buildings and blah, 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 blah. It's not a lot. Okay. Now, consider if Klaus Schwab isn't just being a Nazi, and he means it, which he probably does, then imagine what's going to happen. How many deaths do you think will occur then? What happens if they institute martial law? Lockdowns. You know, if they institute martial law and they say nobody can leave their houses, and if there's, and if there's power grid outages, there aren't no Zoom meetings. See what I'm saying? Are you following me here? So all the things that make the economy go tick-tock, 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 all that kind of stuff, it stops. No Zoom meetings, major corporate, major, major corporations shut down. Particularly, isn't it fascinating, if he was to pull that off now or soon, when you have created a pandemic first – Oh, my, I can't believe I've just gotten this. I'm not saying it's coming from the Holy Spirit. It's definitely, but if not, it's coming from my critical thinking skills. But think, consider this. 
You release a pandemic which forces the worker population, the workers in the world, to work remotely. So now you have virtually all, and I say virtually all because there is some small percentage of manufacturing companies and shipping companies that have a skeleton crew that are actually putting things in boxes and stuff. All right, but by and large, probably 98.9% of the worker population in the world is working remotely, with, a, with maybe the exception of some cacao, you know, people that are, you know, harvesting chocolate, cacao pods or something like that. You know, but you see my point? They're working remotely. They depend on Zoom. They depend on Teams. They depend on the Internet being up. So when Klaus gives the word to his satanic control grid, uh, you know, crime syndicate people to launch the attack against all the, you know, power grids and Zoom and Teams all go down with a remote worker population, what happens? Think, oh boy. No, I'm not related to Klaus Schwab. <laughs> okay? No, I'm not. All right, and then meteor showers causing major oil and gas fires. We know the global financial collapse is happening. We, we are coming soon. We know that North Korea is getting ready to do something, and they're certainly threatening it, whatever it is. And we know what it is, and it's going to include sinking an aircraft carrier and attacking Seoul and probably other places. Um, we know that there are many, many prophecies, dreams, and visions that indicate that there's going to be a direct attack on, uh, for, you know, by foreign troops and airplanes and jets and everything, dropping bombs on the United States of Babylon, the great soil directly. We know that Israel will send two jets with tactical nukes on the bottom to uh, nuke the Iranian Fordow uh, uh, centrifuge facility. Okay, we already know there's going to be more biological pandemic type things, uh, chemical attacks and things like that. We're ex I'm expecting martial law. I need to change the order of this list and I got to put the martial law thing up here. Will we have civil unrest you know, what's going to have to happen for that? I don't know. But um, it certainly looks like, well, you know, that, that one's queued up or, or teed up or however you want to say it for any time now. All right. Um, as a matter of fact, there's still there's countries. There are think tanks, you know, Tavistock Institute, different countries that are meeting, you know, you know, whatever G this and G that. And they're talking about that the United States is set up right now. For a real civil war, but I, I've been reporting on that on those news tidbits now for quite some time. We also know that there is about six to eight uh, nuclear bombs that are going to be set off uh, like a sum of all fears from the ground. Okay, from ground-based nukes. That's before uh, the global thermonuclear war event that occurs in the in the Sixth Seal. Okay, so we've got uh, you know we know th th that World War Three, the Gog and Magog invasion, you know all of that is going to be happening. Well, could happen at any time. So all these things are teed up. We just don't know. And it's Klaus Schwab. On you know, does he is he going to make call the word? Is he going to make that phone call? Is he? <clears throat> and if he does. Look out, folks. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. On that note, let's go into the news and then bring on Brother Ladies Lauren. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, it's not normal. This is disturbing. <laughs> Game over. 
All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And I was trying to take my uh, <laughs> my altar real, real quick uh, so I can uh, go to bed at a proper hour and actually maybe have a hope of sleeping through the night. Well, we'll see. Uh, it doesn't happen very often. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And we are almost to great. The first headline. Here we go. Iowa governor ends remaining COVID emergency orders, declares that it is time to treat the virus as the flu. Okay, this is just Iowa, but it's all over the place. It's worldwide. Uh, Another headline. Next up. Bloomberg inadvertently reports that Russia invades Ukraine and and offers a live feed. Now, of course, when Bloomberg was confronted about this, they said, oh, well, you know, we always uh, create a a myriad of headlines in advance with all the graphics and, you know, all the stuff. And we cue them up. And depending on what happens, then we press the right button and then, boom, we're the first one to report it. So they're claiming that they, 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 that it was a contingency, you know, as a contingency headline, just in case. Of course, do we believe them? I don't know what to believe anymore. The only thing I believe, I believe my dogs. I, you know, when my dogs come over and they give me that, give me a treat, stare that, you know, I don't know about your dogs or how your dogs work, but my two boxers, they come up beside me and they stare me down. I can feel if there were lasers coming out of their eyes, I would have holes burned straight through my body. They will stand. They don't make a sound. They don't make a sound, but they will stand at attention probably eight inches to my right, side by side, and stare directly at me. And I can try to ignore them as much as possible. I can try to ignore them. I can push them away. I can turn turn my chair so the back of my chair is facing them. Doesn't matter. Nothing will stop them. When they've decided they want to treat, it's the treat brigade. And you know what? That I believe. Next one up. Um, Yellow vests hit the streets of Paris to protest against COVID-19 restrictions in Macron. Now, they have already lifted a whole lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of their COVID restrictions in France uh, because they were feeling the pressure from the population. And, hey, (laughs) what country has had the French Revolution before? (laughs) Right. So that, that there, you know, no surprise there. Hallelujah. Next one up. Billionaire says the United States is on a classic path to civil war. And it says the founder of the world's largest hedge fund, uh, Bridgewater Associates, Ray Dallow, has warned on Thursday that the United States is on a classic path towards some form of civil war. Well, if you have Netflix and you have listened to A Social Dilemma, Social Dilemma, it is a documentary, a true documentary with actual testimonies of the people that founded uh, 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 yeah, uh, Google, YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, you name it, uh, the main, you know, Twitter, the whole deal. And they, they're like, they, they talk about the artificial, the AI uh, algorithms that they wrote and the, the conclusion after a whole hour of very alarming, super ultra creepy, true facts because these guys have turned into whistleblowers. And the one guy that was one of the founding engineers for Google uh, told the man at the Senate subcommittee hearing uh, that, you know, because the, the, the senator said, well, this is really horrific. What is this going, you know, what is, what is your opinion? What could this potentially lead to? And the guy that was the chief, uh, the original chief engineer for Google said, there's only one thing, civil war. 
All right, and that's it. Watch it. If you haven't seen it and you got Netflix, watch Social Dilemma. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. COVID no longer a danger to society, says Sweden, as it lifts nearly all restrictions. Um, when they say nearly all, it's because kittens under the age of two months must wear masks. Okay, so don't be alarmed. I'm kidding. Okay, kids, I'm just joking. I'm kids. I'm just kidding. The kittens do not have to wear masks. Okay, okay, okay. All right, next one up. New York Times reports Pennsylvania doctor accused of prescribing ivermectin for COVID is you're fired. Hey, I wonder if it was Donald Trump that fired him. Ah, I don't know. Maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't. I don't know. Next up, 16 states file new challenge. 16 states in the United States of Babylon the Great file a new court challenge to Biden's administration's health care worker COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Wow. Let's see what happens with that. All right, next one up. Breitbart reports Freedom Goes Global. Finland anti-lockdown convoy hits Helsinki. Now, Finland isn't under nearly as bad a lockdown as the other big three, but the people that are are dealing with any of it are fed up for obvious reasons. Next one up. North Korea is developing nuclear weapons through cyber means. They have stolen cryptocurrency in the millions. I believe it's over 100 million. I'm not sure exactly what the number is. I don't see it, but it's a lot. Uh, and uh, they, uh, they, they're they using it. Oh, it's 450 million. And they're using it to not only that, but they're using their cyber warfare tactics to collect designs. So they're breaking into the United States Department of Defense and DARPA and, you know, and China and actually China. I, I would be surprised if China didn't give them nuclear plans. They probably already have a lot more than we know about. Next one up. 12 countries and COVID restrictions. So it wasn't the 20 countries. I got it backwards. It's, it, was, it was the United States states versus the country. But 12 countries and all COVID restrictions. Wow. Praise God. Uh, and uh, Denmark, Norway, Finland, Ireland, the Netherlands, Italy, Lithuania, France, and the United Kingdom. Uh, and, and there's more. Uh, there is actually more. Absolutely. Uh, uh, next one up. All right, the Jerusalem Post reports COVID-19 in Israel. This is kind of sad. 33,374 new serious cases of COVID with 1,263 in dangerously ill condition. The most vaccine country in the world. Next one up. Norwegian Cruise Line set to drop mask requirements, updating testing and vaccine protocols. No, you say. Yes, I say. Well, if Norwegian Cruise Lines is doing it, then they all might do it. It'll be anarchy. It'll be cruise line anarchy. Think about it, kids. Then you can go to the Bahamas with your mom. (laughs) See, I knew I'd get cheer out of you. Here we go. European banks panicking over Russia-Ukraine crisis, according to reports. Is there really a crisis? There's a troop buildup, but maybe Putin will end up having the last laugh. We'll have to wait and see. Although we are pushing all of his buttons, as indicated by this headline right here. Moscow on potential delivery of United States THAAD systems to the Ukraine. Russia urges the world to avoid making such a stupid move. 
Okay, they're already mad enough about the fad systems because it can be nuclear tipped and used as nuclear weapons on an offensive level. But putting them in the Ukraine might be the last straw. Next one up. Iran unveils new missile that can reach targets in Israel. That's fine. Well, it's not really fine, but I'm just saying my question isn't whether they can reach targets in Israel. My question is, can they hit targets in Israel? It's because, you, know, uh, you know, the the these bottle rockets that they've been launching over over the, over the West Bank these last couple of times. I mean, you know, even if they didn't get shot down by the Iron Dome, they usually end up in a field somewhere. All right. Next thing up. Ottawa police arrest 23, issue 1,300 tickets during Freedom Convoy's day, according to a statement. Um, and, and again, you know, most of the people in the world are tipping their hats to the, you know, the brave uh, people in uh, Canada and the truckers, and they're waving them on. As a matter of fact, uh, Canada has uh, said that they're going to levy criminal charges against American and other country citizens. Um, and granted, it requires a lot of legal work. You know, if they, for example, if they levied if, if they levy criminal charges against me, it would, would require a petition for extradition, and they'd have to come and get me and take me away to some very cold jail cell, you know, in Ontario or something, or Alberta, or I don't know, Saskatchewan. That's pretty cold in Saskatchewan. Very cold in Saskatchewan. Okay, next one up. All right, praise God. New Zealand's convoy for freedom protests, vax mandates in the capital. So even New Zealand's kind of joining in, which is, oh, that's cool. All right, next one up. North Korea issues a dire warning to the United States. Pum, pum, pum. Haven't they been doing that like every other day for like the last 10 years? Should we be concerned? And on that note, let's bring on Brother Lauren Peterson. Here we go. Praise God. Brother Lauren, are you there? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, you know what? That does it. I'm going to have to. I can't, dude. You, you you triggered me. You triggered me, man. I'm having a psychotic. I'm having an apocalyptic psychotic episode. You triggered me. Get I'm going to have to play trip Bongo Bear. Dude, I have to play Bongo Bear and Jazz. Are we there yet? Just for old okay. time's sake. Here we go. Yo. Bongo Bear and Jazz Caribbean Funkadelic Band. And the name of this tune is Are We There Yet? Are we there yet? Yo, yo. That's some serious. That's some serious talent. That is some serious. Are we there yet? 
yet, man. Are we there yet? I'm saying. I'm saying. Are we there? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't think we're there yet. Thank you very much, everybody. I know that was incredible talent, and I appreciate your applause. (laughs) This is disturbing. And so is Lord Peterson, by golly. I am disturbing. (laughs) I know. Like, kiss my grit. She can kiss my grit. Oh, boy. Kiss my grit. I know. Uh, Alice, can you remember Alice? I mean, you know, where are the good sitcoms like you know, Alice? You bet your sweet pippy. You bet. Your, I know. It's like you know. <laughs> oh, what are you gonna do? And now all you get it are these like sickening articles about all of the sex capades that were happening behind the scenes on the Brady Bunch. It's like, don't even tell me that stuff. I don't need to know that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like oh gosh, how de- yep. oh degenerate! Uh, oh wow. Yep. Well, you were you mentioned uh, was it Klaus Schwab? Is that the guy's name, Mister Nazi? Yep, K L A U S S, and then Schwab like Charles Schwab, and I haven't figured out yet yeah. if they're related. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> right. Well, it bring, he brings to mind. Uh, <clears throat> when you were talking about him. Uh, um, I don't know if it's like 10 years ago or further back, but it was a made-for-TV movie called The Apocalypse Watch. And it uh, it's a brilliant uh, movie, and <clears throat> I, I think the audience, if, if you happen to look, find it, you know, on the Internet or, or find it in, uh, you know, a <clears throat> second-hand store or something on a DVD, definitely worth your time watching it the apocalypse watch it's the hidden resurgence of the nazi movement and uh choosing a new hitler to gain uh global dominance uh to uh, resurrect the nazi movement Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't resist. Hey, wait, one more, one more. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this uh, Schwab character is, uh, is definitely. Uh, you'll see the connection, the parallel with that uh, made-for-TV movie. <clears throat> and oftentimes, uh, as we discussed many times before, is uh, so many movies and TV shows, etc., are are like. Uh, uh, front-loading or prophetic in their own way of things yet to come down the pike. So when you watch this movie, you're going to definitely see the connections with what's been going on in the last couple of years and maybe where things are yet to go. Um, <clears throat> just like in God's Word, he says that he'll he'll let the prophets know before he does something dark side is under the same type of contract that they're going to let uh, people know where they're coming from, where they plan on going. <laughs> uh, well, down the you know road. what? All you got to do is add in the fact that God is in control and then it's no longer 
owned by Satan. For years, years and years and years and years and years, I used to say, that's right. That, you know, they're just, you know, telling us what they're going to do. It's, it's all Satan. He's, he's, you know, it's lesser magic. You know, they have to reveal, Satan has to reveal what it is he's going to do to the, to mankind. And I'm like going, I thought to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. Book of Job, chapter one, God is in control. So then that makes de facto, de facto, it makes these same movies God's prophetic warning as well. As a matter of fact, yeah. speaking of the blackout, if I highly recommend this. If you have not seen it yet, I highly recommend it. It's called American Blackout. Hmm. It was published by uh, National Geographic's. And I'm looking at it for sale right now on um, on uh, uh, Amazon. Now I don't see a used one. I like to pick up the ones that cost like two bucks <laughs> instead of thirty. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. um, but American Blackout. If you you know, as a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they have it. Uh, National Geographic is currently under license on Disney Plus. So if you have Disney Plus. Uh, on your streaming Fire TV or Roku or whatever you're using, if if you're using anything, um, you should search on it. Search on American Blackout, but you're going to want to do it inside the Disney Plus app, okay? Or, otherwise, you probably won't find it. Um, uh, but anyway, and, and if you have a Fire TV, you can just hold up the you know the the, the the remote control and press the microphone button and just say American Blackout. And if if it's anywhere, it'll find it. But man, you should watch this. Matter of fact, I'm going to do that. I am definitely going to do that because I'll. I will bet you dollars to donuts that inside that documentary, American Blackout, is information that is absolutely going to happen exactly as it's portrayed in the documentary. How much you want to bet? Dollars to donuts. I haven't watched it. Yeah, you don't want you, you don't want to bet Lauren anything because you know he's he's not rolling in jack. You know what I'm saying? So you got to do like one of those sideways bets where you you offer him a hundred bucks and he offers you, you know, um, some Krispy Kreme. <laughs> there you go. Right. I'll go for that deal. Yeah. Hey man, I wish I was in your shoes. Look, I, in a second, if somebody said to me, "Would you like to be retired and living on a fixed income like Lauren?" and you know. And, or or in corporate America taking a beating every day. I, that is not a trick question as far as I'm concerned. But American Black <laughs> Ops, you have to get a copy of this. Okay. Well, every scenario has its challenges, so <clears throat> um, there are challenges here on the uh, – I may be retired as as society views retirement, but I'm not retired, retired. <laughs> there is always something going on. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. I think uh, last time I was talking about Lucifer as portrayed in Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 12 through 19. So um, there's some uh, people who will say, well, this is talking about a man <clears throat> and not about the devil, okay? But uh, 
and I covered this in the last show, when you read through this stretch of scriptures, uh, can you picture any of this applying to a man or a woman? You know, seal of perfection, full to overflowing with godly wisdom, and absolutely stunningly perfect in beauty. Do you know any... Um, you might picture, um, you know, your Hollywood hunk or Hollywood babe or something, but are they the seal of perfection, overflowing with godly wisdom and absolutely drop-dead stunning in beauty? You know, even the most hunky hunk and gorgeous babe, you're going to find some physical flaws somewhere in, on their body, okay? So, and then you go down further, um Verse 13 covers the nine stones, and it's not a rock garden, okay? Uh, it's talking about the Lucifer. This person, this entity, this being that's being talked about, that these nine stones will, were built into him. He was the high priest of the nine-stone covenant of the nine angelic orders. That's what these nine stones are portraying. It's not portraying a rock garden that he was placed in charge of a rock garden. That sounds really exciting. No wonder he rebelled, okay? <laughs> Except for a geologist, orientated type person might be thrilled to death to be placed in charge of a rock garden, but um, <clears throat> that's not what verse 13 is talking about. It's, it's saying something without saying it, that he was a high priest, and verse 14, you were the anointed or are the anointed chair of the covers. Covers what? Creation. And I, that's God saying, I have set or established you so. It's God himself who established Lucifer in this position with these capabilities. And you were upon the holy mountain of God. That's God's top governmental structure. You have walked up and down, back and forth in the midst of the stones of fire. Stones of fire be the top-ranking angelics. That Lucifer had this privileged position to walk up and down, back and forth in the midst of these stones of fire, as his being admired for who he was and and uh, what he did and everything. And verse fifteen is the giveaway here. <clears throat> you were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created. Do you know any person around you, anybody on the world scene who was perfect in his or her ways from the day that they were created or born in this world perfect the bible says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god and we can backtrack that verse all the way back to adam and adam's fall we can even go back further than that you know the pre-adamics and their fall so who who was it that was perfect in all his ways from the day that he was created Certainly not a man or a woman. And then right there in the middle, that's part A. You were perfect in your ways. What part of perfect don't people understand? Okay. God is saying you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. The day means the moment you were created, not the, uh, let's see, was it day one, two, three, four, five, six that Lucifer is created of the creation story. That's not what this is referring to, from the moment that you were created. And then here's right the middle inflection point, devi- point of deviation, till <clears throat> iniquity was found in you. 
Okay, so for, from the moment he was created, for how many eons of time, <clears throat> he was perfect. Perfect in every detail, in, in the functionings, in carrying out God's will and God's law, what God had required him, he had done perfectly out of a perfect heart till iniquity was found in him. That word till, I prefer the um, contracted form T-I-L because right there in the middle of the three-letter word is the letter I. And that's the clincher right there, I, Lucifer. Isn't that all of our problem is the I within us? I, you know, I am so important. I am the big wig. Uh, Schwab, Mr. Schwab over there, think of how big his eye is, okay? He thinks he can run the world, dictate to all his peons. He's got such a big eye within himself. The eye of Lucifer reigns within him. That one letter in the middle, I, until iniquity was found in him. So we look over to King Saul. In 1 Samuel 15:23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, the Lord also has rejected you from being king. So this 23rd, verse 23 is specifically talking about King Saul, but we can see how this backtracks back to Lucifer himself. That because Lucifer, at this point, uh, till iniquity was found in him, when iniquity was found in him, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, at that point of iniquity in Lucifer, Lucifer then had rejected the word of the Lord. And so the Lord is now rejecting him from being the high priest set over creation, uh, specifically over the nine angelic orders. Second Thessalonians 2, 7, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now let us will let until he be taken out of the way. Most of us know that verse quite well. The mystery of iniquity. Right there, the mystery of iniquity has its founding back here in verse 15 of Ezekiel chapter 28, till iniquity was found in you. Iniquity. Iniquity was born that moment. The mystery of iniquity took shape at that time. Let's, I want to read the whole um, Thessalonians there to get the good, solid backdrop. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you I told you these things? 
And now you know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Some stiff words from the New Testament. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And we look at the world landscape today. Mr. Schwab himself takes great pleasure in all his unrighteousness, and he is damned. He does not get past the pearly gates. He's sold out to Lucifer, lock, stock, and barrel. And there's so many of them like him. In every nook and cranny throughout the world, cities, towns, governments, at every level, because they take great pleasure in their unrighteousness, in their lies, they cheat, they steal, they deceive, right to your face, call good evil and evil good. These people are damned. Unless they repent, they will be damned. Oh, that's hate speech. Tell it to God on Judgment Day. See how far you get. Okay, so we get some other scriptural background to that word iniquity. Now let's read further on. On verse 16, by the multitude of your trade. So Lucifer was involved in some kind of trade. And it wasn't some kind of trinkets, okay? <clears throat> some kind of cosmic trade and uh, godly trinkets or something. You know, by your trade they have filled the midst of you with violence. He became violent because of this trade situation, and you have sinned. Therefore, I will cast you as profane out of the mountain of God. That's out of God's top governmental structure. And I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Cast you out of the mountain of God ties into Isaiah 14:12a. how you are fallen from heaven. You can't fall from heaven before you've been cast out out of the mountain of God. So we see in Ezekiel where Lucifer was cast out of the mountain of God and then over branching over to Isaiah 14:12a, how you are fallen from heaven. The mountain of God is God's top heavenly throne room governmental structure. And Lucifer because of his iniquity was cast out of God's governmental structure and then fell from heaven, higher dimensional realities to the earth below or possibly lower dimensional realities, whether literally on this planet or some other planet in a 
third dimensional reality or just simple understanding of a lower dimensional reality than the higher dimensional reality that he had enjoyed prior to. Verse 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You have corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. I will cast you to the ground and I will lay you before kings that they may behold you. Lifted up, that's being proudful. Lucifer had become proudful because of his beauty. Cast you to the ground, ties into Isaiah 14:12b, cast down to the earth. Okay, so when we go over there to uh, <clears throat> to read it in Isaiah 14:12, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground or cast down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. So he has this trading, his uh, violence that erupted, weakened the nations. What nations? Possibly the nations of angelics that were spread out throughout all creation. Okay, verse 18, you have defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities. So it wasn't just a one-time iniquity thing. There was a multitude of iniquities. One thing leads to another, okay? And before you know it, you got a multitude of iniquities. By the iniquity of your trading. There's that trading again. Second time, back to verse 16, by the multitude of your trade. And then verse 18, by the iniquity of your trading. So a multitude of trade spinning off and involving his iniquity. Therefore, I will I bring forth a fire from the midst of you. It shall devour you, and I'll bring you to ashes upon the earth in sight of all them that behold you. And they that know you among the people shall be astonished at you. You shall be a horror, and never shall you be any more. <clears throat> now, we know that there's a lot of pyramids on our planet, and there's been pyramids found on the moon, and there's been pyramids found on Mars. And I would venture to say there's probably pyramids on Venus, and there's probably were pyramids upon the fifth planet that got blown, that small deck between Mars and Jupiter, the current asteroid belt. There might have been pyramids there. And who knows? Um, excuse me. In uh, the movie um, Stargate, remember that they uh, <clears throat> went from Earth to this uh, planet far, far away, and uh, into a Stargate situation on that planet, and uh, it involved a pyramid. Okay, so what if pyramids are throughout creation? What if the pyramids were sanctuaries? Um, <clears throat> kind of like we think of the uh, first temple, second temple in the Old Testament, Um as being God's temple, but maybe there was a different type of temple, a sanctuary, maybe the pyramids scattered throughout all creation as a means of um, doing the stargate thing from one place to another, from one sanctuary to another sanctuary. Just throwing that out, who knows. But defiled your sanctuary. So were these like physical structures that Lucifer inhabited in his role of uh, being the high priest. 
in the role of high priest, this was before sin, before he rebelled, before the angel wars. <laughs> the function of the high priest is to take the latest word of God to creation and then to bring from creation the praises and um, petitions and thanksgivings to the throne room, okay, that the high priest was the go-between. Okay, he was the go-between. And so if uh, you think that Lucifer, okay, War Factor 10, that sounds pretty fast, but, you know, he's got cover. So War Factor 10 just ain't going to be fast enough to get God's latest, God's word out to all of creation. And you think, well, a wormhole, well, that's still, you know, a wormhole from point A to point B somewhere. Uh, that's only from A to B. That's not every place you need to be. So I believe that Lucifer benefited from God's technology of being uh, like a simulcast or multicast ability of being all places at the same time, of broadcasting himself. Could these sanctuaries be a form of high technology that allowed him to do that? <clears throat> so again, just throwing that across the wall, who knows, you know, but... By the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of his trading, what was he trading in? Rocks? <laughs> okay. If he was put in charge of this rock garden back in verse 13, maybe he was trading in rocks. You know, that sounds pretty exciting, huh? Get the latest rock from the God's <laughs> garden of rocks here, you know, 1395. Send in your 1395 and you'll get this nice little crystal here. You know, we'll just beam it, beam it to you through the sanctuary, you know. You get your little rock <clears throat> from God's rock garden. You think that's what, what it was? Again, what was Lucifer in charge of? He was the high priest taking the latest word of God hot off the presses to all of creation. He began to merchandise God's word, folks. That's my opinion. He began to merchandise God's word. It's supposed to be freely given, freely received. He began to merchandise it. Okay, now do we have any other um, scriptural indication where that might be the case? Yes, we do. We have this case when Jesus uh, was on the earth, and, uh, known as the, um, the money changers. So we turn to John chapter 2, verse 13 through 17. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves, and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house has eaten me up. Okay, so <clears throat> from a pragmatic point of view, these money changers in the temple were, from their perspective, um, performing a very needed service because not everybody, you see, the economy at that time had diversified enough 
in Jerusalem, Judea, that whole, you know, the, the global economy itself at that time had diversified enough that not everybody, you know, um, just like today, okay, um, <clears throat> if we were t- to have temple sacrifices again today, like some people want there to be, then everybody would have to bring their own doves, their own oxen, their own sheep. Now, how practical would that be in today's world? Well, the same thing, how practical was it back in those days? Not everybody could have their own sheep or oxen or doves. So the money changers provided those animals twice for a price you bring your money if you got money then you pay for what you need and now you've got your oxen your sheep your doves for sacrifice so they were from their perspective doing a very needed service here because not everybody could bring their own uh, animals but they went beyond just doing a a service they were making big bucks and the temple priests and stuff were High priest of the temple is benefiting from this too, probably getting a nice skim off the top. You know, uh, it's called rental. You know, you're rent- renting out the, leasing out the uh, facilities of the temple to these money changers. So you're making nice big money yourself. You know, <laughs> off the deal. So it's one big money making operation, completely losing sight of what the temple and these sacrifices were really there for. And this is just uh, Jesus seeing through this. And it irked him to the point where he put together his own whip of cords, premeditated, and he drove them all out of the temple. Not Mr. Nice Jesus, okay? He's going in with a whip, and he's using it. And releasing the sheep and the oxen and the doves and and throwing the money all over the place and overturning the tables is an act of violence. Jesus has just gone off the rails here. We gotta do something about this crazed lunatic. He's costing us money, and now these poor people that uh, you know they bring their money so they can buy the sheep, the oxen, the doves. They can't fulfill their gations now because of what Jesus did. When Jesus gets involved in your life, he will overturn your <laughs> your tables. Let me tell you, he'll overturn your tables. And throw your money all over the place. He wants your heart. So this was like, you don't go, you know, up to this point, you know, they were trying to kill him here and there, you know, or definitely get him tripped up in (laughs) crazy arguments, you know, uh, trying to get Jesus across the line somewhere so they could really nail him, nail him good. Well, they finally had their opportunity right here when Jesus does this. Uh, this is so beyond the pale, so over the top, that definitely now have to do something about this crazy Jesus. <clears throat> and so um, we know the rest of the story. They brought charges against him. So then, as a, as in today, if you go up against the money changers in the temple, You'll have an assassination. <laughs> you know, you won't be around long. That's what happened to Kennedy, JFK. He released by executive order four billion dollars of United States notes into the economy. That was directly against the Federal Reserve 
notes and their Federal Reserve System. And had Kennedy lived and continued this process, he would have driven out the money changers from the temple. And we wouldn't be in financial debt like we are today. So the money changers during his time could not allow him to overturn their tables and shut them down. So this money temple business involves the Federal Reserve, those who own and control it, but it goes much higher than the Federal Reserve. A massive global conspiracy of the, against the one person who dared shut the money changers down. So I'm not saying that John F. Kennedy was a Jesus Christ, okay? I'm not saying that at all. But I'm drawing a connection, a parallel between what Jesus did and what happened then as a consequence to him and what JFK did and what happened to him as a consequence. <clears throat> and so we backtrack these examples back to what possibly Lucifer was doing, was trading in God's word. And today, in today's environment, we see this in today's false prosperity doctrine and those who are pushing it, still to this day, pushing the prosperity doctrine. We, we can, you know, pick your favorite televangelists living by faith and be rewarded for doing so with multiple mansions all over the place and limos and jets, private jets and uh, the best clothes, the best everything, rings on every finger uh, finger of their hands, you know. And it's proof positive of how blessed they are of the Most High God for doing all the hard work for God's kingdom. While their flock, many within their respective flocks go hungry or can't pay their bills fleecing the sheep for fun and profit, merchandising the word of God. The same thing Lucifer did way, way back. Now, in Jesus' time, um, when the three magi came to worship Jesus, they brought camel loads of wealth with them in that time even in today if you want to go before a king or a ruler a premier or a president today uh, you know today we call it pay for play okay but in reality you have to show some means of respect to that leader to win their favor okay and it was even more pronounced back like in Jesus' day or Middle Ages kind of thing, or before that even, is if you were to have an audience with a king, well, you got to bring him something that he's interested in. Take, for example, uh, King Solomon. How in the world did he get to be so wealthy? Well, he had uh, a lot of good gray matter up there to figure out how economies work and everything, but he also struck a lot of good trade deals and political deals and alliances and military alliances <clears throat> and by marrying um, the thing back then and, and there is a little bit of that yet today is when you marry into um, some you know the king of another nation his daughter 
then you are forming alliance with that king and that other nation, alliance of peace and prosperity by marrying that king's daughter. So Solomon, in the beginning phases, I can picture him doing this out of a very pragmatic understanding of forging alliances with the nations around him by marrying the king's daughters. So he had 700 wives and 300 concubines, that kind of thing, you know. Did he really need that many? Probably not. <laughs> okay, probably not. But he took advantage of his situation <clears throat> and uh, got the best of him. But um, Jesus, these magi are bringing great wealth and lay it before his feet, his parents' feet, Joseph and Mary's feet. And so that wealth and Jesus moving forward uh, enables them to escape down to Egypt and live there for about 10 years and then come back. Come back. Okay, so then we have the missing 18 years of Jesus' life where there's reported rumors that he visited Egypt. He went visited the Himalayas, the monks in the Himalayas. He visited uh, Great Britain, you know. He, he traveled here, he traveled there. Well, how can you do that unless you've got some money, right? And if he had some money, then he he was an astute observer of how things work. So he if he's going to the Himalayas or he's going down to Egypt and he's going to go before the Pharaoh, do you think he's going to say, hey, Pharaoh, how, how's it hanging, man? You know, <laughs> he's going to get his head chopped off. He's going to present some, some wealth, something that the Pharaoh's interested in. And whether it's a, a, a new camel or a, or a, or a a bunch of gold, you know, it's going to cost money to go before the Pharaoh or any other king. Or he's sailing up to Great Britain, and there's some kings up there, you know, and uh, he, he wants an audience with them. So he's got to present some kind of wealth before those kings. So he's got wealth. But it buys him the ability to see kings and kingdoms work from the inside and how... <clears throat> Being an astute observer of history and Hebrew history in the Old Testament, how wealth became a trap for King Solomon. In spite of his great wisdom, it trapped him. And he's seeing all these visiting, all these kings and the pharaohs and everything, um, and, and high mucky mucks, how the wealth of the world has trapped them. How they may have. Start, like King Solomon started out with the best of intentions in, in King Solomon's case, a very godly king. But he became entrapped and he apostatized. And he's probably seeing this in other kings that he's visiting and, and the Pharaoh and stuff, how this process works. And so he knows, Jesus knows that his public ministry is going to be coming up at some point and he cannot allow the wealth of the world to entrap him. So by the time he challenges the rich young ruler to sell all that you have, give to the poor, take up your cross and come follow me, Jesus had already done that for himself. He had already divested himself of the great amount of wealth that had previously been laid at his feet 
not even mentioning the fact that he grew up as a carpenter's son and possibly working with stone. So during his working years, he could have made some nice change, you know, some nice money working in the, the unions of the day. So he he wasn't lacking he he became poor for our sakes. Now can you picture okay uh power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. You know, we know that phrase, can you picture the pope today's pope stepping down and saying, you know, um it's time to dissolve the Catholic Church on the global scale. Uh, if you want to remain a Catholic Church individually, locally, okay, go ahead. But I'm, I'm, we're going to trust in the Holy Spirit. I'm stepping down. I'm dissolving the Catholic structure as a global structure. I'm dissolving it completely. It's not going to exist anymore. Can you picture him doing that? No, because power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. He's following in Lucifer's footsteps. Lucifer didn't want to lay it all down either. And that's uh, one of the significance of that rich young ruler story is it's directly backwards reflective to Lucifer himself that when the time came for him to lay it all down, he refused to. He was making a good trade deal with his trade business, a merchandising God's word. forming his own secret alliances on the side. A little leaven here, a little leaven there. A little twist, a little turn. And uh, (laughs) so one thing leads to another, see. Can you picture um, you know, pick your world ruler today. Can you picture uh, these televangelists, Joel Olstein, for example, of stepping down, selling off all his um, mansions and his car, cars and all whatever big high pollutant holdings he has, selling it all, giving it all to the poor, and taking up his cross and truly following Jesus. Can you picture him doing that? Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. Jesus had spent a number of years observing human behavior, especially those in rulership positions, and how power, how wealth can grab hold of the best of them and pervert them. And they have all their excuses, you know, but in the in the end, it doesn't uh, doesn't pass God's muster. <clears throat> So we can see this today, where people just uh, knock about, going to step down. Schwab, Mr. Schwab, there. Do you can you picture him stepping down? Do you picture him saying, "I'm from this point forth, I'm following Jesus, and I'm divesting myself of all my worldly goods and giving to the poor." <laughs> okay. How about the 13 Illuminati bloodlines? Do you picture any of them giving it all up because they're going to follow Jesus now, you know, 
they're following their god, Lucifer, who refused to step down. So that gets into stepping down from what? What was it that was required of Lucifer? That gets into the next show. But for now, we're going to branch over to Isaiah 14. So Isaiah 14, again, how you are fallen from heaven. He was cast out from the mountain of God, and now he's fallen from heaven and is cut down to the ground. You who weaken the nations. How did he weaken the nations? With what? With his trade. And his trade turned into violence. See, when you violate God's uh, word, his law, it produces violence. Okay? So it became a violent situation. War broke out in the heavens. <laughs> Revelation chapter 12. Verse 13, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mountain of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. These are known as the five I wills of Lucifer. But notice when they happen. They happen after he has fallen from heaven and has been cast down to the ground. He says these five wills after this has happened, not prior to. So, in my opinion, this sounds to me like if he was the high priest, Ezekiel 28, verse 13 and 14, the high priest of creation, the nine stones, as his breastplate, he was already had already ascended into heaven. That was his original abode. And his throne was already above the stars of God. And he had already sat on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. And he had already been above the heights of the clouds. And he was already like the Most High in his perfect state. If you were to look Upon Lucifer in his perfect state, he was a mere image of the Godhead. Wherever you went, you would believe that you were looking at the Godhead themselves. He was a perfect reflection, a mere image, not a perfect, uh, an exact image, but a mere image. That's one of the things that got in his claw, so to speak, is that Adam and Eve were in God's exact image and likeness, whereas he was a mere image. Nevertheless, when he's saying these five I wills, he had already enjoyed these situations, these positions. I will be like the Most High. He had already been like the Most High in being a mere image. So, <clears throat> how you are fallen from heaven over in Ezekiel 28 that God cast him as profane out of the mountain of God cast him out of God's top governmental structure he was no longer to be the high priest of creation <clears throat> because of the iniquities of his trading merchandising God's word and holding people, that consequently holding people hostage to his interpretation, a little bit of leaven here, a little bit of leaven there, of his interpretation of God's word. And how we are to act upon God's word. Consequences of God acting upon God's word. <clears throat> 
So uh, the traditional model is that these five-eye wells was his first attempt. Now, this is, this is the first time he has fallen from heaven and cast down to the ground. Revelation chapter 12 is the second time. So these five-eye wells are his attempt to regain what he has lost. These five-eye wills are his determination that in spite of God's judgment against them that cast them out of the mountain of God and fallen from heaven and cast down to the ground, in spite of this God's judgment against them, he is going to accomplish these five-eye wills and regain what has been from him. Okay. Now, can you imagine in Revelation chapter 12 when it happens again? You see, within this fallen one-third of creation, that he's been sandboxed, he and his fallen ones has been sandboxed within his fallen one-third, he has accomplished a partial accomplishment of these five-eye wills. If you were to visit the ninth heaven and the ninth dimensional reality, you would think you were in heaven itself. Everything is perfect and pristine, filled to overflowing with the love, the light, the law of Lucifer at his finest. Not as Satan, but as Lucifer. So chew on that for a while. If you were uh, able to go to the ninth heaven or the ninth dimensional experience, you would think you were in heaven itself. See, we have this common misconception that Satan rules by uh, chaos and confusion and uh, craziness and everything. Well, if he was 100%, he wouldn't have to stand on. He wouldn't have a a kingdom to rule over. It was perfect, total chaos and confusion. So even as much as he hates God and God's laws, yet he's pragmatic. He knows that in order to pull off what he wants to pull off, he still has to abide by God's laws and God's ways of doing things. So he's always trying to find ways to use God's word and God's ways and law and light and everything to his own advantage, not as originally intended by our Father. Okay, so I will do these five things, right? But in spite of what he's attempting to do and his partial fulfillment of these five I wills within this fallen one-third, Verse 15, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you, saying, is this the one who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners? What Lucifer did. He made the world as a wilderness, destroyed its cities, and took prisoners of war in this angel wars. Verse 18, all the kings of the nations, all of them sleep in glory, everyone in his own house. But you, Lucifer, are cast out of your grave like an abominable branch, like the garment of those who are slain, thrust through with a sword, who go down to the stones of the pit like a corpse trodden underfoot. You will not be joined with them in burial because you have destroyed your land and slain your people 
See, Lucifer destroyed his own land and slew his own angelics that he was in charge over. The brood of evildoers shall never be named. Prepare slaughter for his children because of the iniquity of their fathers, lest they rise up and possess the land and fill the face of the world with cities. Now, let's see. Going up here. All right, so Isaiah 51, 9 through 11. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in days of old, the generations of long ago. Was it not you, was it not you, God, who cut Rahab in pieces, who pierced the dragon? Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a way for the redeemed to pass over? And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The ransomed of the Lord. See, Lucifer took prisoners of war. And God dried up the sea and the waters of the great deep and made the depths of the sea a way for the redeemed to pass over. In this absolutely hopeless situation, God found a way for the redeemed to pass over. He made a way. For the ransomed of the Lord shall return. Those who are taken as prisoners of war. And then as Isaiah 61 1 through 2a. This is what Jesus quoted in in a temple one day. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, and to proclaim the year the Lord's favor. The opening of the prison. You see how this ties into Isaiah 14. Where Lucifer made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities and did not open the house of his prisoners, he took POWs. So not only did it kill a lot of his own people, but prisoners of war. So things really went haywire. Went haywire bad due to his rebellion and and war in the heavens. I'm looking for another verse here. trying to be quick. Okay, so Jeremiah 4, 23 through 26. I looked on the earth, and behold, it was without form and void, and to the heavens, and they had no light. I looked on the mountains, and behold, they were quaking, and all the hills moved to and fro. I looked, and behold, there was no man, because they had been taken prisoners, and all the birds of the air had fled. I looked, and behold, the fruitful land was a desert, and all its cities were laid in ruins. Before the Lord, before his fierce anger. So no man 
Many had been killed, others taken POWs. And this Jeremiah 4, 23-26 directly connects with Genesis 1, verse 2. And the earth had become without form and void of life, and darkness was upon the face of the deep or the abyss, and the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. Verse 2 is a summary statement of the angel wars. It's one summary statement of possibly an untold number of summary statements. But resulted in a fallen one-third that God had to put into a containment system. So it would go no further. In Job 26, verse 10, a lot of people know this one, he has inscribed a circle on the face of the waters at the boundary between light and darkness. The boundary between light and darkness is that containment system. Day one. When God says, let there be light, that's not the first time light existed in his creation. Let there be light. He's reasserting himself. He is determining that his light is superior to Lucifer's darkness. And he's speaking forth his light into Lucifer's darkness. That darkness, each of the six days, begins in darkness and ends in light. That beginning darkness of each of the six day ages has its origins in verse 2. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. That's where the origin is. Each of those six day ages. That God is doing something within each day age that addresses the darkness from verse 2. And it's also reflected here in Job 26, verse 10. He described a circle on the face of the waters, a circle, a containment system at the boundary between his light and Lucifer's darkness. Backtracking to verse 2, Genesis chapter 1. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astounded at God's rebuke. The pillars of heaven. This is an act of war going on. By his power, he stilled the sea. All this commotion, all this war going on, fighting back and forth. By God's power, he stilled the sea, this war. And by his understanding, he shattered Rahab, cut her to pieces. After all, it was God himself who created Rahab back in the beginning. And now he has to take up arms against her and slices her to pieces with his sword. So there was only one who could do that. Michael, Archangel Michael was in no, um, as powerful as he is, Um, He was lower ranking than Rahab. He did not have the power in himself to go up against Rahab. Rahab is a top-tier creation of God. Lucifer, Rahab, Leviathan, Behemoth. And there might be another one called Aziz. I have to research that a little further. These are like top ranking of of God's creation, of, of created beings. And so Rahab had God's primal power, just like Lucifer, Rahab, Leviathan, Behemoth, 
God's primal power built into them. That anyone who's lower ranking than them could not go up against them and defeat them. They'd just be blown away. God himself had a take on Rahab because it's God who created Rahab in the beginning. So only God could go up directly against Rahab and slice her to pieces. Okay. Going back up to verse 7, God stretches out the north over the void and hangs the earth on nothing. We know that nature abhors a vacuum or a void. That's on God's principle of, of how he created creation, that there wouldn't be any voidness anywhere. That throughout creation there would be multiple, multiple verses, universes, multiple heavens, multiple realms, multiple everything, and a smorgasbord of life forms all in all. There was no void anywhere in the God's original creation. So where did this void come from? Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the earth had become without form and void of life. And that darkness upon the face of the deep connects directly over to Ezekiel 15 in the smack dab in the middle the word till T-I-L the middle letter I which then branches over connects with the five I wills of Lucifer and then what does God say as a, as a consequence of Lucifer's determination to fight against God's judgment, we have, in going back to Ezekiel 28, verse 18, the origins of the phoenix. You have defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading, merchandising, in God's word. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of you. That's the phoenix. And it should devour you. And I will bring you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold you. And in Lucifer's defiance of this judgment, he proclaims, I will be reborn out of those ashes. And so we have the ten kings, in the end, the ten kings. Um, What if... Exactly. I forget. I forget the guy's name offhand, but he he had a vision, a dream, a vision of uh, Atlantis coming back to the surface, and it'd be unmistakably Atlantis. Okay, what if the great earthquake in the Six Seal Judgment rearranges the Earth's topography to the point where Atlantis rises up from the depths of the ocean once again? And the ten kings reign again. Ten kings of Atlantis. <clears throat> okay, the phoenix will be reborn. Atlantis will rise again. I think we're going to see that. For those who are here during the sixth seal judgment, Atlantis, that great global earthquake, things are going to be really torqued and things that have been buried under the oceans world oceans may come to the surface 
Okay, next time we'll cover just what was it that torqued Lucifer off, torqued him. That All right. Caused it. Praise God. All right, praise God, brother. Thank you for joining us again. <laughs> Thank you for joining us again. I know once you get to, once once somebody pulls your string, man, it's hard to unpull that string. Praise yeah, Jesus, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I know it is. I know it is years and years of doing shows with you. Hey, praise God. And thank you for joining us, brother Peterson, powerful program. Very, very detailed. Looking forward to your next show. And, um, and folks, uh, it is February the 9th, Wednesday. Keep your eyes peeled. Klaus Schwab says, look out for a, a power outage. We'll see what happens. Praise Jesus. We don't know what's up and what's queued up next. All we just, uh, and folks, all, all I can say is, God bless you. Hang in there. Stay in, stay in the secret place of the Most High. Continue to pray like you've never prayed before, drawing closer to the Lord. Continuous confession of sins, continuous repentance, and, and seeking God with all of your heart. We're approaching a time when, well, th- there's going to come a time when whatever the next big event or judgment is, uh, well, it's unlikely that we're going. there's going to be a turnaround. There's l- unlikely that we're going to go back to a state of some form of normalcy. So anyway, praise God. Thank you all for joining us tonight. We'll see you at Friday night 7 p.m at the prayer vigil lord willing god bless you thank you brother peterson take care everybody good night thank you lord we come to you with repentant hearts we seek you with all our minds sinners that the mercy of grace Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds For they shall see my glory